0: Welcome to the Sermon Podcast from Beaver Parish Church. Charles Dickens in a tale of two cities. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom. It was the age of foolishness. It was the season of light. It was the season of darkness. It was the spring of hope. It was the winter of despair. We had everything before us. We had nothing before us. Coronavirus came abruptly to me. A Monday morning in March, shopping in the supermarket. Life was suddenly very different. Not the usual relaxed saunter. People leaning into the trolley to chat the car, shoppers now moved with purpose and determination, in masks, in gloves. I had neither and felt vulnerable, exposed. The shelves, no toilet rolls, no pasta, there's some hand soap, I don't need it but I should buy it because everyone else is. Videos posted online of a health worker crying as no food was left in the supermarket, next came rationing to prevent hoarding, then prioritizing of old people and healthcare care workers first, the scramble for delivery slots, people booking a month in advance to have their needs met. Yet only weeks before the trending hashtag had been "Be Kind," following Caroline Flack's suicide. Oh how quickly we forget. It was the best of times, it was the worst of times. We learn bus drivers are at disproportionately higher risk, putting their lives on the line to transport us, yet spat at by people who claim to be infected. And some die. People find ways to support their neighbours, family quizzes, Yet we know that behind closed doors, domestic violence is on the increase. Social services surveillance is reduced. And sadly, some homes are not always a safe haven, particularly in times of financial stress. The food bank at the Larder is running low on essentials. For families in poverty, missing work and missing meals are closely linked. People used to zero-hours contracts become frontline workers as those accustomed to company cars and paid holidays are now seen fit to be furloughed. While children struggle to have a decent meal, many premiership footballers refuse to take a wage cut. Yet one shames the government into doing the right thing – to feed the kids this summer. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. A friend contracts the virus, working in social care with minimum PPE. He's in close contact with a known carrier of the virus. Although clearly symptomatic, he's never tested. He's not a high enough grade or priority, he's told when he asks. Yet Prince Charles, away from his primary residence in one of his many homes, is tested straight away. My, re- my friend returns to work whilst Prince Charles hunkers down and opens Nightingale Hospitals by zoo. We cheer each Thursday. We delight when the curve is flattened, yet we worry for older people in care homes. During daily briefings, we ask, is the government massaging the figures, not telling us the whole truth? Nations bid for scarce resources. Ventilators, plastic aprons, face masks. Health care really has become commodified. People make scrubs out of curtains. The poor nations haven't a chance to compete. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. You're only allowed to leave your house to exercise and for essential trips. We are all in this together. But if you're stuck in a high-rise flat rather than a leafy suburb, your experience is not the same. I thank God for beaver forest and delight of the sounds of nature. I thank the Lord that this took place in spring and not in a dark winter. We are all in this together. But when people who make the guidance break it, We rightly question their moral authority. We remember those who never got to visit loved ones as they died. Never mind visit a second home. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Homeschooling, the groundhog nature of each day, balancing work, childcare, housework, genuine tears from a principal, as she misses the children in her school. Her teachers embrace new technology, determined the kids won't suffer. I try but fail to convince a five-year-old that this is all normal, but she knows rightly it isn't, as visits to the playground and hugging granny are shelved. Feeling privileged that at least we have a laptop, some children squint trying to use their parents' smartphone as they watch school lessons. Parents of P6 children panic. Will selection tests be cancelled next year? Some grammar schools insist it must be business as usual. Fully aware this leaves those children, already socially marginalized, further disadvantaged. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. I want to introduce you to my friend, Emmanuel, who will sing to us Psalm 34.
1: The Lord hears the cry of the poor, Will be safe shelter for their feet for God hears the cry. Proclaim the greatness of our God Your praise ever in our mouths Every face brightened in your light For God hears the cry of the poor The Lord hears the cry of the poor, blessed be the Lord.
0: The importance of caring for the most vulnerable in society didn't arrive with the commencement of the welfare state in the 1940s a prominent theme throughout scripture, clearly evident both in the laws of Moses, the writings of the prophets, as well as in the accounts of the early church. When Paul met with Christian leaders in Jerusalem, he reported that the only thing they asked us to do was to remember the poor. Paul himself was responsible for organising famine relief for the people in Jerusalem. In Acts, Luke describes the daily distribution of food to widows. In Jesus' time, the political and religious elite colluded to maintain the structural and economic inequalities that benefited themselves. Yet Jesus was overtly on the side of the poor, the excluded, the ignored, and the exploited. He had good news for them. He was on their side when he drove out the price manipulators and rent seekers in the temple courts. Economists agree that we'd started to creep out of austerity over the last few years. Coronavirus has blindsided us. The economic predictions are dire. We're cosseted slightly by the furlough scheme, but when that ends, all predictions say it's going to be tough. As the economy shrinks, jobs will be lost, mental health crisis will spiral. As a church, as people of faith, the challenge will be, how do we respond? How do we extend our walls, open our doors, so all can be reached? But not just practical help, are we not called to demand fairer systems? Might that be universal income for all? We've bailed out banks in the past. Why not now individuals? How can we leverage our power and abilities to transform the economic, social systems that perpetuate inequality, poverty and exclusion? This is a global pandemic. Less developed nations will feel the impact most. to poor healthcare. How do we create a fairer global system? Oxfam said a new global economic plan should include the cancellation of the trillion pounds of debt owed by developing countries. This might give them a chance to build up their health systems. The world of pharmaceuticals is big business, that's often seen as a bit shady and sometimes corrupt. When solutions for coronavirus are found, my hope and my prayer is that people will be a bigger priority than profit and the major players will work together to make vaccines generic and available for the good of all humanity. Life will always be the best of times. And the worst of times. Most importantly, might this be a time when more and more people decide to build their foundations of their life on Christ, our rock. Although life is unpredictable, we can always be assured his love is unchanging and he cares for us. Let us place our faith in Christ. Let us pray. Christ of the Mysteries, can we trust you to be stronger than each storm in us? We determine amidst all uncertainty always to trust. We believe you will make a way for us and provide for us if only we trust you and obey. We will trust in the darkness, and know that our times are still in your hands. Amen. Thank you for listening. To hear previous weeks and for more information, go to beaverparish.co.uk forward slash sermons.